you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy hellman hi everybody another rainy day here in westchester not only is it rainy uh and so you can probably hear the rain outside my storefront window but the neighbor upstairs is moving out So this is a rental that I work out of. I rent this office, a lovely storefront on Main Street here in Dobbs Ferry. And that means that I am at the mercy of my landlord, but also at all the tenants around me. There is a delightful person who lives behind me. She has the most adorable daughter, and I can hear them talking and playing all day in that wall. And then two floors above me, there is a single man. He's always just doing his thing, going to work, very right as rain in terms of his schedule. I know exactly when he's going to be pulling his Toyota out of the alleyway and when it's going to be coming back. But above me, there is a gentleman who is a bit of a wild card and his dogs are always barking. And every time I choose to record, he's always doing something pretty loud. Well, today is no exception. Today he's moving out. At least this is what I hear. My fingers are crossed because as you guys know, if you've ever lived in an apartment or shared a space with someone, shared a wall with someone, Some people are more disruptive and difficult than others. And this guy has been a charmer for about two to three months. So when I saw his sofa and all his belongings on the curb, I could not have been more excited. Fingers crossed. Keep your fingers crossed for me um, because I am looking forward to peace yet again. I can even hear this guy play his PlayStation. It's that loud and that intense. So I'm excited for change and hopeful for the new tenant who's coming above me. I feel like this is some sitcom or something, right? I feel like I'm back in New York City, living with neighbors all around me. You could always hear what they were up to, always hear when somebody's having a fight, always hear when somebody's listening to an extremely loud movie. There's no secrets in these kinds of living and working environments. Other than that, what's been going on? You know what's been going on? As I've been looking at houses in other areas, thinking about leaving our beloved river towns in Westchester, we're pretty much just fleeing because of high property tax. 
And just the idea that maybe we could get a little bit more for a little bit less if we moved a little bit further. Now that, you know, COVID has showed us we don't really need to commute. I don't really need to be a 35-minute train ride away from New York City. I could just drive 35 minutes and live in a much more exciting home. But circling back to the theme of today's questions, today's questions are all about renovations. And I will say, you know, COVID definitely put the bug in my ear that maybe we could move. Maybe we didn't have to be right here in this magical little enclave where I can see the city from my driveway. Maybe we could be further away and be even happier. But thinking back a little bit further, I think the bug was actually put in my ear by my mother-in-law. She is not only my stepmother-in-law, she is also our financial advisor. And we were telling her about all the changes we were planning on making in our home. Our home is fabulous. I love it so much. It is like a member of our family. Uh, Not only have I imbued it with all of our personality through the decor, but it just is a home that the minute I walked into it when we were looking at different homes to buy, I was like, wow. This is it. That love at first sight, that tingle in your toes, that butterfly in your stomach that says you are home. I got all the feels when I stepped into this space because I looked at the bottom floor. It was cool. It was very nice. But as I went up the stairs to go to the second floor, the second floor has this long hallway that runs down the middle of it. And on either side are rooms. And so as you approach the the second floor, coming up the stairs, you see these two wings of the house. And it's almost like a doll's house where you could open it, you could cut it down the middle, open it, and you would see a half of the house on each side. And from the outside, it even looks like a doll's house. It's got that perfect triangle-shaped roof and square bottom. And it looks like every picture that my children ever drew of a house, you know, that sort of house symbol that you see. That's what our house actually looks like. So I never knew if our kids were just drawing a super accurate interpretation or if they were just drawing that house symbol. And to me, that's so charming. It just epitomizes what I've always felt a house should be. And as somebody who grew up without a dollhouse, this was the dollhouse I never knew I wanted. But, you know, it doesn't have a comfortable bathtub. The bathtub is like feels like the original bathtub from 1913. It's small, confining, been reglazed. There's nothing decadent about it. Uh, We have two bathrooms, but one's on the downstairs floor and one's on the upstairs floor, and we have six bedrooms. So it's like we're all kind of cramming ourselves into the upstairs bathroom, and we have so many other rooms, it just doesn't really make sense. The bathroom is tight. I had to get an 18-inch vanity because the 21-inch vanity that was there before, like that three inches made a huge difference in us being able to walk in the space without hitting our hip on the side of that marble vanity. These are the types of compromises that we have been living with. We also have a very tight galley kitchen. Uh, Nobody can be in there when I'm cooking because it is so tight, even tighter than the ones that I have had in the city. 
that, you know, when I open the dishwasher, it hits the stove if I was going to open that as well. And there's no way to pass through. The range is very large, so it's easy to get burned if you bump into a saucepan handle while you're walking through. I mean, it's just tight and the house itself is not tight. It's not intuitive. These areas need to be renovated. And I was sharing that with my stepmother-in-law, telling her all of our plans and telling her that these renovations, based on my initial calculations and initial conversations with architects, contractors, was going to be over $300,000. She's like, Betsy, just move to a different house. And I was like, I really like this house. This house really has space for me to make these changes. But then she said, Betsy, you know, you can make the changes and you can spend the money. You can refinance your house. You can do all these things. Um, it will add to the resale value, but you're going to have to live in total demo land while you're adding a bathroom, renovating the ones you currently have, and totally blowing out your dining room so that you can have an open kitchen. Are you sure you don't want to just move? I didn't necessarily take her advice at the time. I kept talking to contractors, kept thinking about what the finishes would look like. But her words have definitely been ringing in my ears. Have you guys ever had that situation? Have you guys ever thought, you know, this house has so much potential. Do I want to be the one to realize it? Do I have the patience, the time, the money, the energy to actually invest in making those structural changes? Uh, you know, everybody thinks because I'm an interior designer, I would jump at the opportunity to make a space truly my own. But everybody would be wrong. I really hate upheaval. I really hate people like getting my stuff dusty and dirty and putting up large amounts of plastic sheeting throughout my home, like like in a straight out of the movie E.T. I don't know if I have the fortitude to last through all that, especially after dealing with a year plus of COVID. That's what's going on over here. What's going on with you? Send me your queries. Send me your troubles. Send me your observations. I would love to hear from you. As you know, the mailbag is currently pretty empty. You can reach out to me at affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. Once again, that's affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. You just click right there at the top if you're a regular member. If you're a premium member, you have your own special button to submit your questions to me and I will answer them live. Live because I'm now recording these and they will soon be up on our YouTube channel, but also not live, also in episodes that you can listen to over and over again, either on your favorite podcast app or again on YouTube. All right, guys. Well, without further ado, let me jump into the final few questions we do have in our mailbag and answer your reno dilemmas. The first question comes from Allison. Allison writes, hi, Betsy. I have a question about flooring choices for a bathroom. We're building a house and we're going for a traditional Victorian vibe throughout. We are planning on doing vinyl sheeting or linoleum instead of tile in the bathroom to cut down on costs. I'm drawn to more patterned looks that are hopefully classic. I've added a few images in this email. My husband thinks we should go with a basic slate tile look that's fairly plain. We both want it to last for 10 plus years. I realize linoleum is not the most classic flooring choice, but what do you think will last the longest in terms of style? I'm open to any ideas. Thank you for your wonderful podcast. I learned so much from it. Well, you're most welcome, Allison from Canada. I'm happy to help. I am very hesitant 
to give you the green light on linoleum flooring. It sounds like you're going to be there for 10 plus years. It sounds like you can make all your personal dreams come true. But as somebody who grew up with a linoleum kitchen, as somebody who grew up with vinyl peel and stick tiles in their bathroom, you know, these areas, especially a bathroom, tend to have a very small footprint. They tend to not even have that much flooring. And tile in and of itself doesn't have to be that expensive. The labor behind the tile, sure, that can get a little bit pricey. But I really want to encourage you to consider going back to tile versus linoleum. I do think that some of the linoleum that you've provided with me here in these pictures could be interesting. Is it my favorite? Let me tell you why not. So you guys are probably very familiar with those tiles that look like they have some sort of vintage type print, be it somewhat filigreed, somewhat damask, somewhat graphic. So say it's like a light gray tile that then has a darker gray print on top and um, is a little bit worn already. I really love the look of that tile. I think it can go very well in a Victorian style application, but I do think it's a little bit trendy right now. I do think it's a little bit played out right now. When I was thinking about making renovation selections for my own bathroom and kitchen, I considered the tile. Do you hear this guy moving out? He is literally throwing trash bags out the window here on Main Street. This guy can't get out of here fast enough. Oh my gosh. Okay, sorry, I digress, Allison. Uh, so I considered these tiles for my own space, but I do feel like they're not going to look timeless. I do feel like they're really hot right now in this contemporary farmhouse, you know, kind of landscape, but I don't think that they're going to look evergreen for very long. So I would be more inclined to go with like a hexagonal marble, a hexagonal porcelain. Um, I like the idea of going with a black and white or gray and white. I don't know if I love the checkerboard. That just reminds me of like being at the hop in the 50s, right? So again, I don't think that that feels timeless. And that was actually my peel and stick vinyl bathroom growing up was those black and white solids that we all know and have feelings about. The other thing that I wouldn't do based on the imagery you're showing me is you do have some of that rustic wood vinyl planking that's in a gray wash. I also feel like gray washed wood is something that is not timeless. I think it's something that's hot right now. I think it's been hot for seven years. I think it's on its way out. And I think in seven more years, people are going to say, I don't want gray washed wood. It reminds me a lot of the espresso and ebony craze that was going on through the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, and now when people see espresso wood or ebony floors, it just automatically says, this is of a different era. This is not what's going on right now. I feel that same way about the popularity of gray washed wood. So while it appeals to me, while I like the fact that you can't really see hair, can't really easily see scratches or imperfections like you could on say white flooring or very dark flooring like that ebony I just referenced, 
I think it's going to have its moment and be gone. And that's the thing about Victorian design is, you know, everything old becomes new again, but something like marble was not only great back then, it's also really appealing right now. You know, people mentioned subway tile as being timeless. And while I do think that's true because it's been so, so popular in recent years, I think it's also going to feel a little bit played out. You know, it reminds me a lot of that trend of the square tiles and how they were ubiquitous and every home had square tiles, including my home, unfortunately. And those, while a classic shape that's pretty inoffensive, certainly do not look contemporary. So again, I would think about, you know, all the spaces in your home. What are in the other bathrooms? What is in the kitchen? How can we make it feel homogenous? If we are going to go with a pop of color somewhere, how can it relate back to, you know, the Navy kitchen cabinet? Something like that. Uh, rather than thinking of one bathroom or one tile at a time, I try and create vignettes. And whenever you're feeling lost, go to the tile store and ask for advice. Even when I'm working on renovations with my clients, I don't pretend to be the expert in all types of tile. So we get the idea. We go online and search for inspiration pictures that really encapsulate the vision that we're going for. Then we show up and we speak with one of the experts who works at that particular store. I make an appointment ahead of time so that way I do get dedicated time with that salesperson or advisor. And we go through options together. And I'm always thinking about, okay, if I have large format tile on the wall, then I'll do a medium format tile on the floor. I'll do a small tile on the shower floor. You know, you don't want to think in terms of all large format, all medium floor format. You want to think about which tiles will kind of steal the show or which tiles could have personality and which might be more subdued, but still need to play nicely together. So I wouldn't ever just consider the floor in a vacuum. I would consider it as I'm either looking at the selections that are already there that I have to work around or looking at all the opportunities I have to make new choices. I think you need to work with an advisor. I think you need to get a clear idea and have some inspiration photos as to what Victorian style means to you, because I think it's great that you have that part of your two-word phrase, Victorian. But that can be translated, especially in these contemporary times, into lots of different looks. So even when my client tells me, Betsy, I'm beachy or Betsy, I'm boho, I make sure to figure out what that word, what that style means to them. Because what beachy or boho means to them is very different sometimes than the actual definition or could be different than what it means to me. These are all things to keep in mind as you're working on these renovation selections. But would you give a little more thought to maybe not doing vinyl? And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, beautifying your home for less, styling your home, and the fundamentals of feng shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, 
With the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. All right, let's go to my next question. My next question comes from Natalie and Brian. They write, Hi, Betsy. I've been listening to your podcasts, and I must say I'm addicted. I tune in every day while I'm working. I groom dogs. I'm learning so much about interior design, and I'm getting paid for it at the same time. My partner and I have just had an offer accepted on our dream home. We are going to be moving in this month. I've attached a rather large photo of our new kitchen, and I wanted advice on the backsplash. We were thinking about black tiles, but I'm not sure this would work well or if we'd be wiser to go with something more neutral. There is a window and a door into the garden, so it brings in lots of natural light. We think we can get away with something a bit darker. The other photo I've attached is our sofa. I'm thinking of light gray curtains for our new house as they would tie in with some of our cushions, but I'm wondering if we should go bolder with another splash of color or if the yellow cushions would be enough of a contrast. I'm not sure whether to go pattern or plain. I hope you and your family are well. Sending our kind regards all the way from Bonnie, Scotland, Natalie and Brian. Well, thank you so much for writing in. Congrats on your dream home. That's very exciting. Uh, I am looking at your kitchen right now. You have like warm wood cabinets, sort of like a maple tone that definitely has some orange undertones. Definitely reading warm, right? Then you have a silver range hood. You have silver handles on the cabinets. You have black and stainless steel appliances. And then you have like a gray countertop. Taking all this in mind, I think that a black backsplash could be quite interesting because it would really tie in well with the black and stainless appliances. And the kitchen is very light and bright. Here's a challenge I'm facing when looking at the pictures that may disrupt my feelings. You know, behind the range hood on that back wall of the kitchen, you really don't have a place where the backsplash should stop. Right now, you've been following the line underneath the cabinetry, but it looks very arbitrary on this back wall. Like, why are they stopping it there when the range hood is about six inches higher? It seems to me that it would really make a bold and fun statement if instead you would go all the way up on that wall behind the range hood. I think that not only would that be a real wow statement, a conversation starter when I turn the corner and look in on this kitchen, that whole back wall would have that unique detail of the backsplash. But um, I just think it would give this room a lot of personality. You also have sort of these square gray slate tiles on the floor. So I'm trying to think what would make the most sense because if I truly was going to do that whole wall behind the range hood, I would do something a little bit larger than what you have now. It looks like you have about four inch by four inch square tiles 
in a neutral sort of off-white tone. I was thinking when I first looked at this and before I had the idea that maybe we go all the way up, I was thinking maybe you could do some kind of black marble tile because just a pure black is going to show every issue, whether it's a splatter from sauce. What kind of sauces do you guys have in Scotland? I went to Scotland back when I was in college. I visited a friend who was studying abroad. I don't remember eating much there. I do remember drinking a lot and having a blast, Um, but I don't really remember what we ate. Uh, what kind of sauces are there? Well, I'm sure you guys splatter things all the time, just like we do here in the States. And whenever a tile is solid, whenever there's no differentiation in the colorway, whenever it's very dark, like a navy or a black, you can see every imperfection, whether it's that splatter or splash, whether it's hair, whether it's dust, you'll just be able to see it. And that gives me agita. That's why I was kind of into this black marble idea because then you're getting black, but it has some veining flowing through it, whether it's gray or white, that will help to break it up and make it not so easy to see those imperfections. Now, if I was going to do something large format, I'm still not opposed to doing that black marble. Maybe I'd do... Instead of something tall, because we do have a lot of space under the cabinetry that needs a backsplash, maybe I'd do something elongated, like elongated rectangular bars of the black marble, especially because, as you mentioned, it is flooded with light in here. Maybe, because we have so much gray and so much warm cabinetry, maybe I'd do a solid color. I have like a French blue tile that I took all the way up behind my windows in my kitchen, and um, around my stove. And it just looks so dramatic. Everybody asks me about it. I have a very similar tone cabinetry to what you have here. And my kitchen, when I moved in, was not updated. It could use a refresh, but we really maxed out our budget buying the home. So we had no money for extensive renovations. Even putting in a new backsplash was a real splurge, but I had three by three inch floral square tiles and I just couldn't take it not one more day. So I did max out that credit card to get that new backsplash in. But this is what I'm thinking for you. I'm thinking that you could really seize the opportunity, really take it all the way up. If you don't choose to take it all the way up, you could still do that black marble um, and it wouldn't have to be quite as big. But I think what I would do if I were you is look at some inspiration pictures that align with the style of your home. Because right now, we could go any sort of direction with this backsplash. Your kitchen is neutral, almost a blank canvas on which we could overlay a color. We could overlay a shape. We'd need to keep it contemporary. We'd need to keep it cohesive with these clean lines. But the world is your oyster. So, Natalie in Scotland, I think you could have a little bit of fun with this. And I'd want you to find an inspiration photo that shows you just how much fun you could have before you make your decision. But definitely don't do the solid black. All right. So now you're talking about your living room and have some questions about that area. So yes, besides the blue sofas and the yellow cushions, the room appears to be devoid of color. So the color palette feels somewhat arbitrary because you've just got this yellow splash on the blue with no inspiration piece. For me, that's what's missing in the space because you have um, a mirror above the fireplace, no art. 
you mentioned that you're looking for drapes. So drapes could certainly be an inspiration piece in this room. And when we're talking inspiration piece, we're wanting to combine the blue with the yellow so that it makes sense and maybe introduces even another color. So we get our full 60, 30, 10 color palette, right? Now, if you felt like going bold or going patterned with the drapes was not what you wanted to do, then I would consider adding a rug in here. It definitely feels in need of a rug, and a rug is another great opportunity for an inspiration piece. Again, we know for sure that the rug would need to have the yellow and the blue, and I would request that it have some gray in it if you choose to do gray drapes. But gray is not a Roy G. Biv color. It's typically not a part of my 603010. So when looking at that rug, it could even have one or more colors besides just the yellow, the blue, and the gray. And I think that would be a way to not only enliven the room, but to um, make it feel a little bit warmer in here. All right, Natalie and Brian, we've solved all your problems. Now you can just go hang out, go to a local pub like I did when I was in Scotland, and enjoy. Guys, it has been so wonderful connecting with you again this week. Do you have questions? Send them to me. You can reach out to me at affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. I'll be waiting anxiously for your questions because the mailbag is practically depleted. I need something to talk about. Keep me posted and I hope you're having a wonderful start to your summer. Till next time. You've asked for it and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.